love, enlightenment, pleasure. The Priory Society Podcast. Ray had never been as active in the sexual scene as I had been. I created a profile one night. We thought it was going to be simple and it was going to be easy, and it was not as easy as we thought. What's up, sexies? Today we have a sexy couple on the line with us. They actually own a lifestyle club in Ohio and have started their own podcast. I had two women giving me a blowjob, which is like the apex of my entire existence, right? I uh-huh. mean, this is amazing, the greatest moment of my life, and sure. I couldn't get it up. <laughs> Damn I it. Was, uh, I, I do want to see two men together. Oh, shit, okay. Well, we're crossing a whole other bridge here because sure. I'm not into other men, so that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. Dude, how many beers uh, do you need, man? To, no to number the, of beers, I don't think, for me that are going to... To do the dick talk. Right? It's not that... I'm, I'm not... Welcome to the Priory Society. This sexy lifestyle podcast is for sexually open-minded people. Our listeners want to explore their sexual fantasies and desires by participating in the swinging lifestyle. This show is designed to chronicle our journey and experiences. We are not therapists and we do not give medical or professional advice. We broadcast for entertainment purposes only. This podcast contains explicit language and is intended for mature audiences. Welcome back home to the Priory Society Podcast. I am Isis, and I am here with my Latino husband, Eros. Hola, ¿cómo están todos? Muy bien. Muy bien, gracias, mi amor. I feel like I'm back in my ESL classes in junior high and high school. I mean, is that right? Oh, sí. Muy bien, gracias. La ventana, tengo mucha sed. ¿Dónde está el baño? Sí, tengo hambre. Uh, We're excited today. Yes. Uh, Look, it's very Very rare that you get a chance to speak to people who can give you the perspective being club owners. Mm -hmm. It is a behind-the-scenes approach where you always wonder, as lifestylers, we go to clubs and we don't know how much work goes into the lights, the music, the sheets, what goes on, the planning. The staff. I mean, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How do you promote properly? How do you draw the right crowd? Yep. So today we're excited because we have Dee and Ray mm. from the Midwest, from Ohio. Yes. Right? They're going to talk to us all about the lifestyle and how it's different. I got a Twitter message from them saying, what you guys do in California, yeah. what you guys do out there in Vegas would never work out here. Yeah. We go way back on Twitter. That piqued my interest. Yeah. And they they totally yeah. they totally broke it down. I was like, really? I, I mean, I had no idea that it was that different, but they own Club Euphoria in Ohio and their podcast is called the Euphoria Chronicles. That's almost as bad as the Priory Society podcast. Like, how do you spell that, right? Right. You know, um, <laughs> so like for us, you guys there? You guys with us? Yeah, why don't we bring yeah, them on? <laughs> I didn't want to... I don't want to, you know, talk trash about your name, but we experience the same thing. People call us the Priority Society. Yeah, like, nobody could say that's it. What I say, man, why, why you got to come in first, man? Time. Yeah, so we have D and Ray on the line with us. Welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. Good to have you here tonight. Yeah. So, gonna, thank you. What's, Thank you. Thanks what, for having us. What's up with the Euphoria? How did that name come about? I yeah. Mean, the Euphoria Chronicles. That's interesting. I think we were looking up uh, when we were trying to come up with the club name. We were kind of just uh, what would be cool. We were looking up some uh, some definitions of different terms and different names, and uh, Euphoria was uh, 
one of the better definitions that we looked up and, and gosh, what, what is the even, I can't even, I don't even know if I can remember the definition anymore <laughs> of what euphoria was broken down to in the dictionary, but it was uh, well, something along the lines of a state of extreme pleasure or something yeah. like right? that. And so yeah. we were See, like, wow, that, that's perfect. We're, it sounds yeah. like someplace I want to go. I want to be there. I want to be in Euphoria. We want you to come. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) And figuratively. Put us on the the list. (laughs) Friday night. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. Now, so, okay. How long have you folks been podcasting? How long have you been doing the club scene? And also, how long you guys been together? Tell us a little bit about your history so that uh, our listeners can get a little bit of a snapshot as to who they're listening to. Okay. Well, Ray and I have been together... Um, it'll be eight years in November. We got into the lifestyle. It'll be seven years ago. Sounds about right. About so seven years ago. Almost immediately. And Pretty quick, right? Yeah. Ray had never really been out as active in the sexual scene as I had been. Mm. So I created a profile one night and we <laughs> thought it was going to be simple and it was going to be easy. And it was not as easy as we thought. Right. right. <laughs> so that part, you know, is way long history. We took a vacation to Desire, met another club owner, and was pretty much, hey, you guys have great personalities. Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another after a week of, you know, sun and suntan lotion and cocktails. He told us we needed to start our own group. (laughs) (laughs) And I came home, said, okay, I'm going to do it. And Ray told me I was crazy. And Honestly, I did not have his support in the beginning. Oh, He's wow. like, it's it won't work. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. just no. <laughs> and our first meet and greet, we packed a bar on a Friday night and I was calling him from work. I was so excited. And about three weeks later, we did it again and we took over a bar. Oh, you did it right mm-hmm. away. And you started doing yeah. events almost right away. Yeah, it just it was crazy. So were you charging people to attend these meet and greets? I mean, was this initially a money-making venture for you guys? No. Even to this day, it's still not a money-making venture for us. It's enough so that we can break even with just our time and the expenses we put into it because we know we are not going to retire off the lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was eight, nine months in before we even charged for our first event. Wow. Um, so you're, you're doing it from the and right we, we place. Kind of, we felt guilty asking people for money. <laughs> we did. You know, we, we really, uh, in the beginning, we had a hard time because as we started to grow, we had to buy a lot of equipment and uh, things pretty quickly to scale with the size of events that we were hosting. Sure. Right. And uh, we, we ended up putting a significant amount of money, upwards of like $20,000 in the first year into this little venture that was growing. Yeah. And uh, we were trying to charge people $20 at the door to get in and it, and we were we were so far in the hole, we were losing money to host events. And uh, so it was an interesting first uh, year or two. And it, it was difficult for us to learn that, you know, if people are willing to pay to have a good time, if you show them a, right. a well put together event and, and show them a good time, they don't mind paying. And, uh, you know, it took really a couple of years to get to the point where we didn't feel guilty about charging somebody, uh, you know, 40 or $50 to get in. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you're doing it from the correct perspective, the mindset of abundance and the mindset of passion. Like you're actually mm-hmm. following your passion. You're doing this because you really love it. What part of the country do you focus these events? Where do you hold them? Uh, we're in the Midwest. So Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, um, some Pennsylvania is our main markets that we draw from. Yeah. Every once in a while, we'll get somebody from uh, Kentucky, West Virginia. Um, we've had people from New York and 
we are now pulling a lot of out of Canada because okay. we're so close to the Canadian border. Yeah, nice. a lot of lifestylers we've been, there. We've yes. really been pulling people out of Canada. Yeah, and we love our friends to the north. They're they're freaky up there. Oh, oh yes, they are. Oh yes. Oh, and they're we've met some freaky Canadians, oh, and, and they're so polite, and uh, they're funny and polite. They're just great people. And, <laughs> yeah, they are. They, they really are. Yeah, they are. So that, that's good oh. that you're including them as well. And so let me do this for the people that are thinking, okay, Club Euphoria. Yeah. Is it a fixed location? It's a brick building and it's there all the time and you're there every Friday and Saturday and sometimes Sundays. Or is it an event promoting company where you choose when you're going to do an event and you do them here and there, hotels, nightclubs and so forth? What is your way of operating Club Euphoria? Well, it is not a uh, brick and mortar building. We we move around pretty frequently. Um, we host meet and greets at bars. Uh, we'll do bar takeovers. We do complete hotel takeovers. Nice. Uh, we also Great. host house parties right here at our house uh, throughout the summer months. You know, just uh, historically speaking, we found it's it's sometimes tough to get full parties through the summer months uh, mm-hmm. when everybody's got the kids home and they're busy uh, right. out on their boats and camping and everything else. So sure. we do all kinds of different events of all sizes and we move it around all year long. And what kind of... We're a par- no, go ahead. Go ahead. We're a party in a box. Half party will travel is, <laughs> yeah. is pretty much our motto. <laughs> if there's a party and we can get to it, we're there. <laughs> can I tell you That's something? Part of the reason, too, why it's uh, yeah. so much work, really, is because it's everywhere we go. It's a complete setup and teardown. It's a complete, uh, you know, set up a, a lifestyle event for one night and tear it down and bring it back home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that, actually, that is a very smart move Yeah, because the fixed operators... These are folks that are having to deal with the different type of regulations. Are you too yes. close to a school? Are you too close to another strip club where you're right. going to piss off that owner? Yes. You, right? And the so, overhead, yeah. the overhead is, oh. you know, is way too high. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't guarantee sellout nights every night. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Well, and in you don't our want experience to be here, um, at least in, in the area that we're having parties in, uh, we found that people in our area, in our group will go out about once a month that they can, they budget for that. Um, they might go out and spend a couple hundred dollars for an evening out, you know, between mm-hmm. dinner and liquor and getting into the club and uh, maybe a hotel room if they're from a little bit farther away or something. And they'll do that about once a month and that's about it. So we found that that's about what we host our parties, at least our paying events are about once a month. We'll usually throw in a free event somewhere in between each one, uh, meet and greet at a bar or something, or uh, even sometimes just a, a large dinner out with a lot of group members or something like that. But that's pretty much what we found is we'll, we'll get everybody out about once a month. And if we start going Going too much more than that, the numbers start to drop pretty quickly because it puts too much of a strain on people's budget to do that. Sure. Now, do you screen people that come to your events ahead of time? Is there like a membership site that people can go to and set up a profile in order to attend your events? Okay. We are, as one of the very few that I know, we do not charge it, it. The word club got thrown in there when the banner was created for advertising. Yeah. It was supposed to be just euphoria. And we get that all the time. How much is it to become a member? Yeah. It costs you nothing. We want nice. you to come and have a good time. The only, you know, there's a few rules and <laughs> I think sure. there's three. <laughs> yeah. You must be 21. Yeah. You okay. must dress accordingly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no baggy pants, no joggers, no baseball caps. Right. And be clean. Oh, and man. courteous. Oh, you're asking a That's lot. That's it. You're yeah. asking a lot from a typical <laughs> lifestyler. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
it's funny that you should ask about, uh, you know, pre-screening and stuff like that, because we do have other events that are going on in the vicinity that do pre-screen all of the guests. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they want, you have to send in a picture and, uh, yeah. and everything. And, and you do have to, you have to be height, weight proportionate and under a certain age to attend. And we think there's room in the lifestyle for everyone to do whatever they want. We don't sure. judge people for whatever type of party they want to attend, but that's not us. We don't do that. We don't care what age you are or what you weigh, or if you're height, weight proportionate, you know, we just, this is our life. I know you mentioned earlier that you have some promoters out there in LA that are just not even in the lifestyle that are mm-hmm. hosting events and stuff. And this, like the lifestyle is, is our life. All of our friends, all of our social community, everyone is in the lifestyle around us. We meet people, get to look them in the eye, see them face to face, have a drink and a few laughs, and then we'll let them know if they can come back again after that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As long as they behave themselves, right? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) As long as I don't uh, show up wearing my champion sweats. I like to wear those because I can feel everything when I'm dancing. (laughs) You know, we, we, we had one party and I did have a couple and they showed up in matching sweatsuits. That's classy though. They're matching. Right. They're matching. And I told them at the door, before I take your money, I want you to look at how everyone else is dressed because the way you're dressed, you're not going to get approached. And they walked around, they looked and they said, we are not dressed for this. And I said, but I'm not going to take your money. Yeah. And they said they were going to go home and change. They never came back. Right. That's when I knew that we needed to charge a little more so you didn't get, and I'm not trying to downplay anybody's financials, so that you don't get the riffraff. Mm. Yeah, no, so if that's you true. make it a little bit higher, it's those that can afford it. But you got to right. make it affordable. Not too cheap, but not too expensive. That's right. A exactly. little, little so, bit of a threshold, yeah. Yes. It, was it at least a nice uh, velour outfit or a nice Adidas ensemble? Or was it just oh, straight up Walmart? No, it was polyester. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All really? Right, well, I see. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> Zippers up the legs. I mean. The whole thing, yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, it's convenient in case a basketball game breaks out. Right. <laughs> right. That's too right. bad. Or a lap dance, you know what I'm saying? It has a little give, you know? Well, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we were talking about the fact that you got turned out, man. Ray, you got turned out yeah. by your lady. <laughs> she put a spell on you, man. How long did it take her to convince you to participate in the lifestyle? And then how long before you did your first kiss or soft swap? Or, or, yeah. yeah. How long did that take? Well, I, I think we, we might, we're bass backwards here because uh, I was, I'm definitely the one who was pushing the lifestyle. She was the one who started the club and, uh, and uh. went that direction. But I was definitely the one who was pushing the whole adventures in the lifestyle thing. Just due to my upbringing, uh, I was, I was brought up very, conservative and religious. And uh, I felt like I needed more experiences when we got together. In fact, my ex-wife, who I was recently divorced when we met, was the only person I'd ever slept with at that time. And so that's kind of what uh, brought us towards the lifestyle was because I was saying I can't do another serious relationship without having some experiences. Yeah. So we we went unicorn hunting and uh, (laughs) we found out that that wasn't going to happen. That was not as easy as we thought it was going to be. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd say it was about two months that we tried for that and it didn't happen. So we decided, you know what, let's just jump in both feet, open it up to couples and see where it goes. And I think two weeks later, we were full swapping with someone. Oh, so, nice, nice. Full swap well, right there. In, in retrospect, <laughs> it was way too fast because then we ended sure. up having to take like three steps back. But right, it right. was... You know. Was it hot though? But it was fun in I mean, the moment. Was it a great experience yeah. or what? Um... 
No, not really. For really? you, it was. <laughs> it was yeah. Well, actually, no. Why don't, you, I mean, hey, if, why don't you guys tell us what happened, uh, man? Yeah. What went down? How, how did it go down? Well, Still the beans. If you listen to uh, episode three of our podcast, actually, I talk about it. And uh, I had a situation where I had two women giving me a blowjob, which is like the apex of my entire existence, right? I uh-huh. mean, this is amazing. The greatest moment of my life. And sure. I couldn't get it up. <laughs> And Damn! I was, oh. I just, it wasn't happening. I was, I was really nervous. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a first time for me ever doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you kind of can get in your own head, you know? And, and so it wasn't working out for me and D was very nervous as well. And so it didn't go over quite as well as we had hoped. Right. You know, it happens, right? Right. Unfortunately, that couple, they were seasoned swingers. Yes. Okay. And now that I look back and how we approach new couples, we are very, very slow if we happen to hook up with, you know, a new couple that has never done anything. Yeah. We are actually over too cautious yeah. where it takes forever to get things going because we don't want them to go down the path we went. Sure. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get something out of the way right now because <laughs> Ray starts talking about his podcast in episode three and our people <laughs> need to know where to go. What's the website right. where they can go listen to the whole story? Well, they can uh, come and visit us at the euphoriachronicles.com and they can find the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Perfect. The euphoriachronicles.com with a TH? That's correct. With a the in the front. That's correct. Yep. Okay, perfect. Well, that's easy. Yeah, right. You know, uh, with our name, the Priory Society, I had to go out and buy another URL, a domain name called Sexy Lifestyle Podcast because every other person was like, (laughs) dude, I don't, I can't get it. I can't get the website. And I look at the phone (laughs) (laughs) and it was just after a while, I'm like, dude, just go to sexylifestylepodcast.com. It's going to take you to the same place. (laughs) You're going to be happy and we're going to be happy. So that's where they go to listen to your story Mm -hmm. of how... You were the man, but then you got into your head and the wiener, it wasn't a bad mood. Yeah. Your, your ding dong was in a bad mood. Then. Yeah, it wasn't cooperating. Yeah. 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 There's, there was just a disconnect of what my brain wanted to do and, and what my body was, was feeling. It just wasn't That's happening. Right. It's only a matter of time before any man in the lifestyle will experience something like that. Sure. Luckily, if you can get it out of the way and you understand that dynamic and yeah. you, you could get that done sooner than later. And for you, I believe it was a blessing because you know what it's like. A lot of the arrogant guys out there haven't had that happen yet. Mm-hmm. And when it does, they're going to wish they listened to your show and they're going to wish they listened to this particular episode yeah. so that they could have avoided it or they could have at least helped the scenario and, and reacted in a certain way because man, that has the potential to ruin an evening and also maybe for a few weeks keep you down to the dumps, man. Right. It messes with sure. your psyche. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah well, yeah. was this going to happen again the yeah. next time we play? You mean you start asking yourself all these questions and it just fucks yeah. with your head. Is it yeah. broken forever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably went to masturbate well, sure, right I mean, after. Right. <laughs> it's I, like, come it, on. At that time, I was like 27 years old and uh, a stiff wind would give me a hard on. So for yeah. me, I was, I started to like almost panic. You know? right. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Right. What, what's happening to me? I don't understand. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, no, those experiences are pretty common. So when you guys are hosting events, do you take some time to indulge or are you just focused on running the event and making sure everybody's happy? Well, I've been hearing this for years and I I guess I don't listen very well. And they (laughs) always say we have more fun when Dee has fun. If I have a few Uh cocktails and I let loose, everybody, because I don't allow people not to have a good time. Yeah. So for a while there, it was all business, just a business mindset. Well, the past Mm -hmm. 
three or four parties, I have been overindulging in alcohol and <laughs> shit has gotten out of control. <laughs> so I n- now know that I need to indulge enough because apparently I am the life of the party. I don't know how to stay off of the bar. I'm doing conga lines to the playroom to get group play going. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. So apparently I'm party girl. Yeah. You're an instigator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. You're the bad influence, the good influence, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. I, I'm. I'm like your go-to girl. You want shit to go down? Come talk to me. We'll make it happen. You'll She'll direct straighter. traffic for sure. She's not shy. She's- Damn, that's great. <laughs> I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. It's, it's always like you know when they say if you're in a scenario where there's a firefighter involved, they'll tell you like, okay. don't panic until you see the firefighters panic. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But also, right. Uh, right. for you guys, you know, we know it's time to have fun when Dee's out there having a good oh, time. Yeah. I mean, it, you really. Have have to lead from the front. And I think that sure. a lot of people that are going to lifestyle clubs, some of them, you may not know where they are in their journey. And if they're super brand new, it may take them a little while mm-hmm. and they need a little bit of assistance and some guidance and yeah. a good a good leader and a good mentor to help them get loosened up and hit the dance floor and, and have a good time. And do you guys do that where you orchestrate dances with playroom environments? Like you'll take over, you said sometimes uh, you'll do like a, a hotel. hotel takeover mm-hmm. and you'll convert the ballroom and then you'll have playrooms. You do the whole thing like these other big promoters are doing? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Damn. Oh, yes. We are full service in every way. You guys are no joke, man. You're we doing we it right. do. And it's, it's amazing. It's Ray and I. We have uh, we have we call them our left hand and our right hand. It's uh, two couples that help us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we now have a he was married, but now divorced single guy in the lifestyle mm-hmm. between the seven of us. We will convert an entire hotel in five hours. Whoa. That's unloading, setting up, light up dance floor, all sex furniture, a bar, food. I mean, and it's not, it's it's a buffet of food. And I do all the cooking. Wow. Um, yeah. And you will walk in and go, what happened? And they will go to bed at 4 a.m. and wake up at 7 for breakfast. And we will have it all torn down. And in the trailer, you would have never have known. Dang. Oh, my God. Hey, okay. What's the go-to dishes that you make? What do you know what? I pulled pork, you know, meatballs. Where there's Dang. always fruits and veggies. Yeah. Cookies, you know, just quick, easy staple foods. I find these recipes on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cracked chicken. Um, we find most people will go out to eat before they come to like the hotel party and stuff. So usually it's around midnight, one o'clock in the morning. They're going, oh, I'm so hot. So we yeah. try to provide uh, they need a snack. You know, just oh, yeah. finger foods that are easy to eat that are that go down well with some liquor. and <laughs> Yeah, you know, some bread, breads that'll soak up some alcohol. That's yeah. true. You know, you know, cheese platters and meat platters, you know, because you try to cater to everybody's on a damn diet of some sort. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I know. (laughs) Little steamed asparagus. No, no asparagus. (laughs) (laughs) That's banned. Anything that's going to make your jizz. Or your hoo-ha smell. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and stay away from those foods. Wow. Hey, uh, listen. The, asparagus is like immediate. That's like not good. Yes. Hey, all right. So we meet a lot of people in the lifestyle, <laughs> and I can tell you right now that we've had several people tell us, "Man, I love the lifestyle." Dude, I'm gonna start doing parties. Yeah. I'm gonna start doing parties. <laughs> what advice would you give to these people that want to start doing parties just yeah. because they went to a good party? Well, I think a lot of people underestimate the amount of time, effort, and especially money that yeah. uh, it takes. And mm-hmm. I suppose it depends on what kind of parties they want to host. Right. Yeah. Right. But if they're talking about going full scale hotel takeovers and stuff, yeah. 
The biggest stumbling block, I would say, is probably the money aspect of it. Uh, like I said, we we probably put twenty grand in the first year, another twenty the second year, and at this point, somewhere between sixty and seventy thousand dollars, probably sure. if I had to yeah. guess, invested in the club. So it's definitely a uh, stumbling block for a lot of people unless you you have some money to work with. It can be very difficult to get things off the ground, just like any other business, I suppose. You know, seed money is often the sure issue, right? And yeah. I, it's it's awkward to go into the bank and ask for a business loan to start a swinger club. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just right. start any business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're not discourage anybody from trying it, but like he said, the the financial end of it and you got to know people. You just can't go yeah. one day, hey guys, we're going to start a swinger club. You have no sex furniture. You have no venue. You have no DJ, no dance floor. You're literally starting with nothing. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we learned from others' mistakes on what to do and what not to do and how to do better than what they were doing. Not that we're any better than any other club out there, but right. you know, I hate to say it when we go new places, we do. We walk around and we look and go, we would not do that. That's a great fucking idea. Write that down. Right. Don't yeah. forget it. Right. When we went to Naughty in New Orleans this year, yeah. I came home and immediately told my staff, there are no more excuses. We need to step up our fucking game mm-hmm. nice. because that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Those people that organize that mm-hmm. are top fucking notch. Well, the and, only thing we're missing now is Bourbon Street outside our door. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen anything like it. And we have been to a lot well, of places. Those you, the, it, hands down, you can't compete with that. And we never could or never would try. But I walked away and I learned so much. Yeah, the Hannaford. I think the other thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, is often overlooked is that you have to have the personality to run a lifestyle club or group, anything where you're hosting events, you really have to have the right style of personality to get people to feel welcomed and to feel at home. And I think that's uh, especially what Dee brings to the table. You know, when people get to the club, she's she's got a hug for everyone and a kiss. And, uh, you know, if it's the first time they're here, she really knows how to make people feel like they're part of a family. And, you know, when they leave, they feel like they're they, they're at home when they come here, you know. And so I think that's a big ass, a big part of it, too, is that uh, it's not just about taking your money at the door and then have a good time. It's that she gets in there with everybody and uh, and makes them feel like they're at home, kind of. Yeah, and that's certainly important. Tell us, what did you take away from Nadia and Nolens? What were the big mm-hmm. takeaways there that you realized when you said, we're going to implement these things that they did in Nadia, we're going to mimic some of those things on a smaller scale when we do our parties? What were some of the things that made that party so special? Well, we'll start with the playrooms. We have a barn that sits out behind our house, and the second floor of our barn is completely full with just about every theme that you could imagine that people have thrown in the lifestyle. I've got Mm -hmm. totes of curtains and decorations for just, we can pull a party off in minutes. Yeah. And I've got totes of sheer curtains that I haven't touched in years. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no reason behind it. I got lazy is what happened is we were too short on time to hang up sheer curtains Mm -hmm. to make it elegant. Mm -hmm. Women like pretty. Yeah. You make it pretty, panties drop. Right. Well, I think what you're trying to get at is that it, yeah. when we were at Naughty, the playrooms and stuff were pretty uh, fantastic, we thought. Yeah, uh, with the you curtains. Know, with, with and everything that was yeah hung up just made them look... Elegant. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Lights. We, you know, we've got totes of lights. We weren't using them. We have to use the lights now. The smells. They had infusers pumping 
good smells into the air. Oh, good. I would have never have thought of that. Well, that's important when there's 300 people fucking in one room. (laughs) Yes. true. Yeah, it starts to smell like ass real quick. Right, it starts to smell like sex pretty quick in there. Yeah, like armpit, Um, In-N-Out Burger. Bad pussy. (laughs) I will say I've never seen anything like the playroom at Nadia New Orleans. It's it's an entire ballroom, an entire floor of the hotel is taken over for play space. And and I've never seen a group area without exaggerating. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say 150 couples in there all naked and fucking at once and so not cool. like all together i mean but just in one big pile but just spread out all over the room just sure. we just stared and we're like oh my god we walked in and you instantly got hit in the face with the smell of sex and then i thought we were getting a standing ovation that people were clapping for us <laughs> it was people fucking they were oh wow <laughs> yeah so I they thought, were clapping oh, wow, right listen, we're happy we're here oh they were real happy <laughs> oh. oh that's awesome so um, they had signs about consent everywhere yeah. everywhere yeah. you look there was this beautiful sign printed on very legible lettering so cool. bright paper yeah. with words of consent how would you say it? different phrases yeah just just different uh, phrases and things that point out how if someone you know, things like uh, the absence of speaking is not consent. Things like that, right. where they were saying, you know, yeah. um, tips and advice for people in the playroom so that they know they're having consensual and safe sex. And so that, you know, we took that away as a very good idea that we're going to start implementing at our parties. And also the DJs were pretty amazing, we thought. The oh, yeah. Really high quality professional DJs. And not that, you know, I DJ our parties. So obviously our DJ is pretty awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But, pretty good. <laughs> but these guys, no, I mean, these guys were true professionals they were just really good we really enjoyed the music and the dancing was great mm-hmm. so we understand that Nadi and Nolens is a world-class event yeah and for the people that don't know this it happens once a year and the Nadi folks they also do several events throughout the year but yeah. if they want the Nadi experience on the smaller scale and you happen to be in the midwest mm-hmm. you got to go to club euphoria because these guys have gone there. They've studied it. Yes. They understand what makes it work. They right. understand what makes people happy and the correct environment. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be in the Midwest, if you happen to be in that area, in the Ohio area, and you're someone that maybe you're down on the East Coast, mm-hmm. a little bit further south, you can make that quick trip up and spend a weekend with the folks at Club Before and have a really sure. good time because these smaller regional events will prepare them for things like Naughty, for things like the big yes, cruises and definitely. the treks to the huge resorts in Mexico, yep. temptation to desire and all those and hedonism. And so you want to be able to plug in to people that do things correctly. Let me have my lady ask you another question here. I'm curious, are your events couples only or do you allow singles to attend? We open it up. Okay. Obviously, couples. We have gotten to the point where due to parking, when we do our house parties, we had to limit the number of single females. Mm-hmm. We're getting 12 to 15 single females at a house party. Damn, what's your address again? <laughs> and you know, and I, and I didn't understand. The next I'm like, what, what is the draw? So finally I asked them. I pulled them all together one time. I said, why are there so many single females? And they're like, they call me Mama D. They're like, Mama D, mm-hmm. your house is clean. Yeah. Yeah. You provide amazing food. Oh, they go And to we eat. also mm-hmm. screen single men. And we allow certified single men that yes. do not have to be chaperoned yes. to come to our party. They're upstanding, respectful, handsome men that come to the party. And they're like, you read and there no single males, no sponsored males. Yeah. Single men are people too. 
because they've got such a bad rap that one person has ruined it for all of them. And that's not who we are or what we're about. Yeah. So it's open to everyone. I like that. Yeah. The only, the only stipulation we do put on is we do limit the number of single men just because like single women, especially with single men, even more so, if you don't put a cap on how many you'll take for each party, you can end up with 50 <laughs> single guys signed up, which, okay. which throws the sausage to vagina ratio yeah. way out of whack, you know, so that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big oh. gangbang. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, why, why do you go to the gangbang right away, man? Uh, well, that's what I, that's that's what your I fantasy, imagine. Your fantasy? No. Or what? <laughs> Not 50 guys. <laughs> she wants a row of guys so that she can say, okay, I'll take you, and I'll take you, and um, I'll take you. I'm thinking two or three. Oh, buffet. You know? <laughs> Damn. No, that's great. That's, that's great that you guys are inclusive and that you provide a safe place for people of all play levels, I imagine, right? Do you guys have couples that are newbies that haven't done anything or are most of the couples that attend your events experienced in the lifestyle and looking to full swap? Oh, gosh, all the time. We're doing newbie seminars quite a bit, trying to help people make their way into the lifestyle. Um, it, yeah, we're, we're very friendly and open to newer couples we get them all the time. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you cover in the newbie seminar and how do you put these on? Is it a webinar? Is it live in person? Do you do a little talk at your meet and greets? I'm interested in that. It's very important yeah. that you're doing that. We and I, I actually, actually appreciate I'll you do that. post an event or a hot date or a rendezvous and we invite them to our house. We nice. just like sign up. It costs you nothing. It's free. Mm-hmm. You bring your own alcohol and I want you to bring a dish to share. Um, because we're going to make this as informal as possible. And so when they show up, they're almost on a level playing field because they can guarantee everybody that's there is, well, I shouldn't say everybody because we've had people that have been in the lifestyle 12, 15 years that have come to these seminars because this lifestyle is forever changing. And at the end, I just want to make sure that everybody learns one thing when they leave here. So we, we, yeah, we go over things like how to avoid drama how to move forward in the lifestyle and try to avoid the big setbacks, uh, how to play safely, mm-hmm. um, how to you know talk about your rules and have good communication with your partner and other playmates right. and uh, what to bring to a swinger event, how to conduct yourself and good swinger etiquette. Wow, that's awesome. You know, cleanliness. I mean, uh, just all <laughs> kinds of things that are important for people who are new to the lifestyle to understand. And another big thing we go over with a lot of newbies is expectations, because that is, I feel like, a big stumbling block for a lot of new couples mm-hmm, is sure. they have this expectation that when they walk into a swinger party, it's just a bunch of people fucking all over the place. And all sure. they're going to have to do is walk up and say, hi, my name's Joe. I'd like to fuck. And there we go. And, and they need to understand that it's it's not like that. That's not right. the atmosphere you're going to be in, at least not yeah. in our events. It's basically dating for couples. You're going to have to talk to people. You're going to have to be charming and funny, and you're going to have to work for it a little bit. It's not like sure. you know those expectations of it being so easy can get a lot of people in trouble in the beginning. So we go over that a lot. And That's great. Have you guys some of the things we covered? Great you, topics. I know. I love that. It's great that you guys are providing education as well. Have you guys ever had to kick anybody out of one of your parties? You know, it's funny you should mention that because that yes? <laughs> uh, we actually we actually kicked someone out of our last party and it was the first time ever in six years that we've kicked anyone out of a party. Well, tell us what happened, man, because I, now I want to know what not to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, I'll t- I, you know what, what you're not going to do, and this goes for everyone, is you're not going to be at a party and begin to 
tell the party host how much they suck and scream it oh, no, in their face. Well, it was uh, it was no. a pretty simple thing, I think, really, is, uh, you know, mm. some people that when they come to events and parties, they're just having an off night. And it happens to all of us. But mm. we just had a couple who was sitting kind of against the wall all night and she kept on coming up and telling me to play all this different music. And, and I know our crowd. I know the people mm-hmm. who are here. I know what they want to listen to, what they want to dance to. It wasn't gangster um, rap. And yeah, some right. of the stuff, I'm just not going to play it. And so she was kind of really on me all night long. I mean, constantly about, you know, you need to play this and you need to play that. And what are you doing? And you don't even know how to do, you know, DJ it. And, oh, and I'm no. like, Hey, I'm very easygoing. I'm yeah. like, whatever, you know, it's fine. I don't care. I, I just let that stuff roll off my back. And, mm-hmm. and D happened to be up at the bar the one time she came up and she just came up and she just looked right at me and she goes, you really suck. <laughs> and D D was like, Nope, that's it. You're gone. Get the fuck out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, this is a crowd of, this night was 40s, 50s, and a few 60s. Yeah. I can guarantee you none of them are listening to gangster rap. That's right. Um, I didn't see her get up at all when Ray played her music. She never danced. She sat there and mm-hmm. sang in her chair and cleared out the bar because people were like, we're not listening to this. Yeah. So then I came back and said, this is what I want to hear. Play it. So this right. is, uh, I think, one of the things that we, we talk about, too, at Newbie Seminars is just learning experiences. I think this is one that, you know, we learn something from and hopefully that person does, too, is that when you're, you're at an event, you know, you make what you can of the event. You can either sit in the corner and you can bitch about the music all night yeah. long and have a miserable time, or you can get up and go talk to people. And even if the music isn't your cup of tea, you can choose to let that dictate whether you have a good time or not and whether or not you get kicked out of a party. So, well, you know, right. hopefully people realize that they can choose the former and not the latter and enjoy themselves, whether no matter what's going on, because it's actually pretty common that people, if they don't like whatever music is on, they let it kind of ruin their whole night. And that's kind of sad. No, it's true. And actually a little bit, let's go a little deeper than that. You yeah. know, as, as you know, my lady and I have a deep background in neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, hypnosis, and mm-hmm. all kinds of cool technologies that we use in our everyday mm-hmm. Regular business in the corporate world away from the lifestyle. What I wanted to say about that is that if you have room to complain about something so small as the music, then you're certainly not doing what you need to be doing to enjoy a beautiful night at a lifestyle event in terms of connecting with others, holding in high priority the things that you should be doing, engaging with that sexy couple that smiled at you for a brief moment before you got into a bad mood, going out to dance floor and making the best out of whatever's playing, having a beautiful night and reframing the scenario, something that of course, this person didn't do because they wanted you to play Dr. Dre's The Chronic yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Is uh, they, right. If they're in the correct mindset as an attendee, then they wouldn't have time to worry about that. It sucks that you had to experience that, sure. but at least you know and you ha- it sounds like you handled it okay. Did they make a scene as, as you were telling them to leave? Did you have to be physical with them or did they just bow out gracefully? How did that go? I got a little heated because then she started yelling, screaming at me. And instead of me being the big person and just snapping my fingers and saying, take her out of here, I lost my shit and I started yelling back at her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you know, some people were like, but in this meantime, her husband scurried away. Oh. And I watched him oh. and then oh, he the knows. Day, he, and I'm like, she has like a this history. must be common for her, for him to run That's and right. her to make an ass. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it really wasn't bad. I mean, the whole thing, the whole dramatic scenario lasted about two minutes. I gave her their money back. I said, here, 
sorry that things right. didn't work out for you. Yeah. Please go ahead and go. And then they left without any drama, any further. You gave them um, their money back? Yeah. Dude, that was like 12 o'clock. They had been here for hours. Well, you know what? That was a classy you know, move, though. Nice you, sure. You didn't have to do that, right. but the fact that you did that was a classy move. And exactly. you, you pretty much uh, diffused the situation because what else are you going to complain about well, now? Yeah, what right? are they going to ask you yeah. for? They can't ask you for anything else. These aren't bad people by any means. I mean, we've seen them before around and we haven't had problems with them before. Okay. Um, you know, they're not bad people. Some people, like I said, you just have an off night. That's and right. uh, sometimes you just, you can fall into a negative pattern mm-hmm. and you just have to find a way to break out of that. And I feel like I almost, I felt like that's where she was. She was stuck in this like uh, cycle of negativity. And then yeah. like, listen, go give somebody a compliment. Somebody, somebody right. say something nice to her, you know? Yeah. It could have been anything. Maybe they got rejected a few minutes earlier. Maybe someone didn't smile back at them. And again, uh, the way that we're processing things and yeah. a big lesson for all of us that are in the lifestyle is we shouldn't take things too seriously. We just recorded an episode when we were in Las yeah. Vegas. <laughs> we are going to talk about not taking things too seriously because we talk about the flakes on the lifestyle for the people that are listening in right now and are wondering how that woman may have abreacted at your event. Yeah. We can also abreact in a certain way and let's try not to because because someone looks at you a certain way doesn't mean that they don't like your background, that they don't like your hairstyle. It just means that maybe they in fact this is probably the best way to look at it. They're nearsighted. They can't even see you. But the way you yeah. react to what you believe and what you perceive as happening is going to dictate the rest of your night. And so right. maybe they had a bad jack in the box because they were in a rush, right? And they wanted to get there for the early bird special. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe they had. Right. So the thing is, oh. um, we need to make as lifestylers, and we talk about this in ep- the upcoming episode that we have, um, how to react and how to reframe correctly mm-hmm. so that we don't bring the morale down with your own partner because of external circumstances. So, man, it sounds like you took care of that situation yes. and maybe uh, you'll welcome them back and maybe they'll be classy next time and they won't ask you to play the uh, NWA original <laughs> album. Right. right. Those are all good songs, by the way. I know. Yeah. They are. Uh, they're kind of like classics. Yeah. They're great jams. But um, luckily, uh, dramatic situations like that have been very, very few and far between for us, which uh, is a blessing. Thank goodness. Yeah. So I don't anticipate any other trouble anytime soon. Yeah, and you guys seem yeah. like a classy couple. So it's it, there it is. There's your testament that you've been doing events for how long now? How many years? Six. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. And look, yeah. you kicked out one person six years later. Right. That's pretty, that's pretty darn amazing, man. That's it. So hats off to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. So we want to ask you about. Ha- <laughs> I know. Okay. I was curious okay. about this. This one. is a twofold question. Yeah. Okay. Have you witnessed a fight breakout between a couple because they didn't have their parameters straight? And also, have you witnessed a fight with two different couples because right. maybe someone didn't respect boundaries they or the line. they had to pull their wife or their husband off of another couple? Yeah. I mean, it's bound to happen in the lifestyle, but have sure. you guys witnessed that and how did you deal with it? Other than us in the beginning. <laughs> oh, shoot. That was you. <laughs> oh, that was you guys. Yeah. Oh. We, oh, my gosh. I was such I was horrible. I was like the biggest drama. Oh, my God. Because I didn't understand anything. You know, there were a few podcasts out there, but I didn't know mm-hmm. how to control my emotions. Oh, wow. Because mm-hmm. guy I was with, he couldn't get it up while Ray's over there railing the hell out of some chick. That's right. Yeah. And I'm that thinking happens. that I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm disgusting because dude over here can't. Oh, it was it was bad. And yeah. you know, it has nothing to do with you, right, sweetie? Right. You, you know that. It has nothing I did, to do I, with- At the time, I did not know that. 
right, had right. no sure. clue. I thought it was all me, all my fault. So who would you mm-hmm. get mad at? You'd get mad at Ray or did you secretly just, did you t- talk to the guy that was having a uh, plumbing issues or maintenance issues? Oh no, I would get mad at Ray. <laughs> oh no. Because <laughs> yeah, he was having I'm fun. Like, right. She's getting all the goods and I'm over here with limp dick, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, that's is, happened to us like, quite a few times. I said earlier we did have uh, episode three was about performance anxiety, and we specifically discussed that that is not a great reaction to have when this happens to you in the lifestyle. That's uh, there are much better ways to cope with and deal with that. Than, yeah. Than, um, back to your your original question though, is we've seen many fights between couples. Um, I think anybody who's been around the lifestyle for very long has definitely seen couples have dramatic situations. You know, we were going to all sorts of different parties for years. Even after we started Euphoria, we were just doing meet and greets and stuff for quite a while. And we would still go to other events, other parties and that. And we, sure. we saw plenty of couples have breakdowns and big old knockdown drag out fights. We've seen couples, yeah, get into fights with each other. We've seen probably most of what there is to see around. The we lifestyle. had We had a couple drag his wife out of our bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, no. Okay. What, what, you got to tell us what, yeah, what happened there. <laughs> okay, the story. I'll, I'll give you the summarized version. Yeah, real sure. Quick. Yeah. We met a couple and we had uh, seen them at several parties and we got to know them a little bit. They were newer to the lifestyle, I guess. Uh, we were maybe their third or fourth play partner. We went back to our house. We got up to the bedroom. We started having fun yeah. and uh, we were probably half an hour at least into this playtime. And the gentleman of that couple just all of a sudden got up and left the room. And you could tell he was kind of angry. He kind of got up abruptly and just left, went into the bathroom and, and kind of shut the door pretty hard. And we were all laying on the bed and we're like, oh, gosh, what is yeah, going on? Uh, what happened? You know, there was no signs. Everything was going well. All you could hear was slapping and moaning in the room. And, you know, about five minutes later, he came back down the hallway Grabbed his wife by, I guess, the arm or the hair or something. I, I can't remember exactly, but he basically dragged her out of our bed and was like, come on, we're going. We got to go. And huh. he he just he just flipped out and he pulled her off the bed. They grabbed their stuff and they ran out of our house half naked. And we, oh, were wow. like, we were just staring at each other. We're laying on the bed just like, what in the hell just happened? And I, we laid there for about five minutes. And then I just... It kind of hit me. I said, you know, we really should go downstairs and make sure they didn't like steal our shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Lighting your shit on fire. Down, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Um, and we, we ended up getting an email from them about three days later and he apologized profusely. And, yeah. and uh, he apparently suffered from some anxiety issues and he explained it to us as he just kind of had a breakdown and started having really bad anxiety and didn't know how to, how to handle it. So he kind of reacted poorly to the situation and so, I think we all can understand that. It, sure. It's just kind of a weird scenario. Yeah. His remedy was to just leave. Yeah. Just to get away from it. Was it, again, performance anxiety or was it just something else? No. It was working okay? No, uh, he was great. Oh, no, he was I good. think it was, he was having some jealousy about mm-hmm. uh, what was going on with his wife over here with me. Mm-hmm. You know, we were having a good time, you know, not to toot my own horn, but we were enjoying ourselves. I and think, I'm not sure he had seen her in that kind of scenario with another man yet. And, I'm thinking a lot of times what happens when men have bad reactions is they're hearing their spouse making noise. They've never heard them make. Sure. Yeah. And so they're, they start getting into their own head instead of saying, Hey man, what, what are you doing to make my wife sound like that? Right. Yeah. Teach me that. Right. Yeah. Teach yeah. me right. that. They just, they think the worst, you know, like 
that they're inadequate or something. I don't know. But that's the only thing I could think of. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfectly human reaction. You know, um, sure. We all grow so much in the lifestyle because it forces us to. You're not going to make it in a lifestyle if you don't uh, grow as a person and open your mind. You know, Ray, are you a black man with a large wiener? (laughs) Don't I wish. Um, (laughs) I've often told people I'm black from the waist down, but that's more because I like to think I'm a good dancer, not because of. Oh, because you got skills. (laughs) Because you got skills on the dance floor. Okay. (laughs) Bald white guy. I'm I'm sad to say that I am just your average white guy. So the sounds that that woman was making was just a a big white cock hitting her lower back. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, I I think that uh, a lot of people overlook how different a swinging scenario is in your love life um, when you've got four people, possibly more, um, all together in the same play space. And there's so many... You know, there's there's two of everything to start with, right. and the emotional feel, all the feelings, and the emo- the the amount of, I'm, I guess I'm lacking a better word, just just hotness, the desire, it yeah, can yeah, be sure. off the charts, and um, it doesn't, you know, necessarily have to be a huge cock. I don't think just uh, right. Just this intimate energy. Yeah, just the sexual. That's great. That's what I was looking for. Just the sexual energy is kind of off the charts, and it can take you to. A whole new level you haven't experienced before, possibly. Oh, so you, you, I guess, I think you've been practicing my technique, man, because when you don't have a large wiener, you just got to put your whole body weight on it. (laughs) And so they're not, they're, they're not making noise because of pleasure. It's just you have 200 pounds on this little petite little girl. So she's like, ah, ah." (laughs) talking about, um, Talking about emotions. <laughs> right. Well, if she stops making sounds, you just hold on for a minute. You better stop. Right. <laughs> because we've met that girl too. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shoot. So you guys have had several years in the lifestyle. Have you ever been in a scenario with a couple where you started to develop feelings for them or they started to develop feelings for you and you got into kind of a polyamorous situation? Yes, that happened yes. and mm. it ended horribly. Oh, really? How did the yeah. how did it start and how did it and how long did it last? Yeah. Yeah. It started just with a date and I will say this is a very new couple to uh, well, we were very new to the lifestyle. I think this was actually the first couple we played with. Mm-hmm. And um successful play. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You'd, uh, gosh, it, I'm not sure exactly how it all fell into place, but we connected with them or, or more specifically, I connected with them uh, on sure. a friendship level very well. Nice. And it just uh, got into one of those scenarios where all of a sudden we were you know, chatting all night at, when I was at work, texting and laughing and having a good time in these, you know, like a group conversation. Yeah. And then they approached me actually about this whole poly thing, which I had never even heard of. And about, hey, this is like swinging, but we're going to be okay with, we're going to allow ourselves to develop feelings for each other. And we're okay with that. And, you know, if you want to develop feelings for my wife, that's okay with me. I talked to D about it. D was not on board at all. And in hindsight, I wish I had not been either. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, uh, the long story short, we have gone through a, uh, a poly scenario. Yeah. Um, it was more myself with another couple. And that put a ton of strain on D and I's relationship. And, and it actually caused us to end our relationship for a little while. Okay. So it turned out very poorly for us and we will, you know, we'll probably do a podcast just about that because there's a whole lot yeah. to that scenario and that Please situation do. that we, you know, we could talk for quite a while about, Absolutely, yeah. um, you know, things well, to that, avoid. That, and- that sure. episode will be the rawest and most vulnerable that I will ever be because sure. 
100% of the truth will come out. Mm -hmm. And because people that know us, they know this story. If I can tell this story, they feel they can tell me anything because I have nothing to hide. There's yeah. there's no shame in it anymore. Well, it's, it, I think it's important to tell that story because it helps hopefully people avoid the situation we found ourselves in. And polyamory, and we don't, you know, we don't knock polyamory. Um, yeah. It's worked out well for some people. Sure. Uh, we've seen it. We also do offer this disclaimer to people who approach us about it and ask, though, um, and we tell them that we have seen it end and ruin many, many, many relationships. And marriages. um, And marriages, yes. And that's not to say that it can't work or doesn't work for everybody, but we tell them to be very cautious when going down that road. And it's definitely not something I think anyone should do if they're brand new to the lifestyle and decide all of a sudden, oh, I'm catching feels for this person. Sure. You know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with new relationship energy and how quickly mm-hmm. feelings can develop for someone of in course. a new sexual oh, yeah. relationship. Yeah. So it, it's definitely something to be mindful of mm-hmm. uh, in the lifestyle and keeping good communication with your partner and try to take a step back and analyze your own headspace and think about, you know, what am I feeling right now? Is this just this NRE energy and this new partner and the excitement of having sex with someone else? Or am I really developing feelings for this person? That's yeah. right. Knowing the yeah. difference. Okay, so it was not exactly. a solid four-way connection. Right. Were you more of a bull to them or the manicorn to that couple when you played? Or did you play all four um, All four of you guys? We did in the beginning played with all four of us. The four yeah. of us, yeah. Okay. And I mean, we were good friends sure. in it. You know, when they came up with that, I mean, it was, they showed up with books. Here's books about polyamory. And they oh, wow. all just like took off down the road. And I'm Damn. like, I am not going. No, no, this is yeah. not what I'm about. No. Yeah. yeah, we kind of reached a point where I was, I went down the rabbit hole. You know, I loved her and I loved him. I'm a straight man, but he was my best friend and I loved him, you know, and sure. as much as you can love another man. Right. She backed off and said, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I don't think this is for us. We should get in. And I just, uh, I was too far in and mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop and I didn't stop. And that drove us to a place that was not good at all and it ended very poorly for everyone involved. Right. So, you know, definitely a cautious tale and definitely a tale to learn something from, I think, obviously for us and, and hopefully a lot of other people can learn something from it when they hear it. I think your listeners and anybody who listens to that episode is going to get a lot of benefit from your perspective and the lessons that you guys learned through that experience. I'd also like to take a quick moment to remind the listeners that it's an anchor. You called it new relationship energy. Yes. Um, it comes in many names, but if you can just think back to the junior high trip or the high school trip to the local amusement park and that crush that you had and you're, yeah. you're sitting with that one person you like, the boy or the girl, and you're going on roller coasters together and you're anchoring this peak state of bliss and of sure. happiness. And it's called an anchor. You're experiencing these cool moments together. And all of a sudden, when the, the night is over and you're on the the school bus back to the school site or you're being driven back home, you feel these butterflies in your stomach yeah. and you have this the sensation of, could this be love? What is this that I'm feeling? I, yeah. This person is so amazing, but it's the anchor of the experience. And yeah. I think you said it best when you said that you're having sex with a new individual and it was great sex. And so, yeah, it has the potential to amplify everything that you're feeling. So, oh man, we look oh, forward definitely. to listening to that episode. Well, hey, you just mentioned that you guys have seen a lot of crazy shit and done a lot of crazy shit. Can you give us a story, like one of the craziest things you've seen or done in the lifestyle? Well, the craziest story I've ever seen is our first naked camping trip. 
Um, there's a couple nudist resorts a couple miles north of us. Mm-hmm. And we went, it's, you know, more nudist, but it's kind of been taken over by swingers. And mm-hmm. we got invited to a campsite where there was a huge party and everybody was doing shot, shot, shots of Jägermeister. And the host of the party passed out and his wife wanted to play. I'm going to assume that they only played together. So she needed him to be awake and conscious while he was out Mm -hmm. (laughs) as she proceeded with her high heel shoes to stomp his nuts. (gasps) No, and I'm not saying just a tap. She was full on knee back. Hiya, karate, ninja chop into the nuts. Gosh, that even hurts me to hear that. Oh my God. He never moved. Wow. (laughs) He wasn't dead, but he never moved. Yeah, that was that was definitely disturbing and crazy <laughs> and everything and else. And we were kind of new. We were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I think my <laughs> craziest funny story that I would have to share was from the performance anxiety episode. And I, I talk about that when I we went to a club and we were still very new. And I had this performance anxiety issue in the beginning uh, several times. And at this club, I had this going on and I kind of panicked and I was embarrassed. And I fled the room and went to a locker room and basically locked myself in a closet. Uh, for about 20 minutes and came back and everyone was gone and our clothes were gone and I walked around the club naked for about 15 minutes everywhere out on the dance floor and and every all around the club trying to find them it was a a whole whole scene it was awful (laughs) oh man hey there's another thing I really want to ask you guys about before we got on the air we were having a quick conversation and you mentioned that some of the things that people do here, like on the West Coast, would never fly where you're from, that people do things differently in the lifestyle where you guys are. Can you explain what you mean by that? How is the lifestyle different in Ohio or the Midwest versus in L.A. and Vegas? We've traveled out there. We're always inviting people to vacation with us. You know, all of our friends are lifestyle and we don't play with a lot of them, but they're great vacation buddies. Sure. So we've seen where they were denied entry because of their age, because there are those that exclusive parties. And, you know, and I listened to your episode with the Hito Young Hot Swingers Week. Yeah. God, I would love to go to that, but Mm -hmm. I am too old. Ray fits, Uh, but I'm too old. Get your fake ID. Give me a fake ID. Okay. There you go. But see, I'm too old. So, you know, if they got old and broke down week, I'm, I'm your Damn. girl. Bring your walker <laughs> and your cane. Yeah. You know? Yes. I, yes. You know, I, I know you mentioned earlier about how some of the parties out there got pretty pricey, a few yeah. hundred dollars yeah. even for one evening. That's right. We went to some events out on the West Coast, and that's one of the big differences we found is that it was a lot more expensive for us to go out and attend a party or an event than it is here. We actually went to one event where you had to pay extra for everything. The door prices weren't awful. It was reasonable. Mm -hmm. But when you got in, you had to rent a chair. If you wanted to sit down, it was $25 to rent a chair. If you wanted a table, you had to pay $100 to get the table for you. The alcohol was being, I mean, it was $100 a bottle for vodka. It was insane. I mean, the prices were outrageous. You know, and we were like, this would never, this would never work in the Midwest where we're at. People just would not spend this kind of money. They just wouldn't do it. But guess what? All of those tables were empty. I think what we, there was one person that paid for that table and they ended up leaving. And remember, they gave us the table and the bottle. Yeah. Said this party sucked. Do you guys want the rest of our vodka in our table? We're yeah. like, Damn. yes. <laughs> All right. So you don't have to like, call out the organizer, but what part of town was that? Was it in California or Nevada? It was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. Mm, okay. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, it was in Vegas. Yeah. Damn it. Now, yeah, we, yeah, so that's definitely not not something that we appreciated. We just, and I'm not saying that's wrong or that no one, I, I guess right. that's just not something we would sure. do. It's just not our style. We wouldn't sure. get people into a party and then charge them $25 to sit down. To us, that just seems ludicrous. We're yeah, like, that's we're crazy. Not, you, know, you know, we all work for our money. I guess that's where our mindset is different. We're not in this to take over. We're not Bob and Tess. We're not going to yeah. create Naughty in Ohio. Mm-hmm. We're not Michael and Holly. We're not going to do a TV show. We're just D and Ray from Ohio who have a freaky side and we love making friends and we just want you to come along on our joy ride with us. That's all. I always say I would never host an event at a venue that I wouldn't feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. I would never pay some, I wouldn't pay $25 for a chair. So why would I expect any of my guests to pay $25 for a chair? Right. Yeah. That you doesn't know? make any sense. Maybe they've traveled uh, too many times to the clubs in Vegas where, for example, the pools, we were just there in Vegas just this past weekend. Yeah. And you can enter the pool party for free, but the drinks are $30 each and yeah. more. If you want a special oh. cup and you want one of their signature Souvenir drinks, cups, you can yeah. get one drink for maybe $55 per drink. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit down, it's $75 per lounger. These are the adult pools that are topless optional, mm-hmm. and there's well, no who's lifestyle. Paying that? These are tourists, and it's not even a swinger place. These right. are the pool parties that are going on in these casinos. So maybe the organizer said, ooh, I'll do something like that, and yeah, you're going to price people out, sure. and you're going to Look, when we do our episodes, we talk about you got to work the room, you got to move mm-hmm. around. And if you yeah. have bottle service and you're plopped down because you chose to wear certain shoes that hurt your feet and you just want to sit all night, mm-hmm. where well, you're probably not going to bump into that couple that's leaving the restroom or that's leaving the bar, the person that really wants to meet you and the person who would have a great time with you or you'd have a great time with them if you're just plopped down, seated in a dark corner. So you right. really got to move. So anyway, yeah, man, I, I don't yeah, know why they do Yeah, that's what we tell people. People aren't looking down. They're looking up. So if you're yeah. sitting, they don't see you. You yeah. have to be upright. Right. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. got to be on the move, you know? So yes. what kind of tips can you offer for the people that are entering the lifestyle and they're looking to attend their first club or perhaps they've gone a few times and maybe they're really bad at the transitions. Maybe they're bad at initiating conversations as a club owner and as people who frequently have to make introductions and so forth. Out at different parties, they don't have D and Ray. And you might have a club promoter who has an earpiece and is counting the money, but is not really trying to make it a wonderful environment. So for the lifestylers that will be attending parties, what can you tell them to make sure that they have a successful evening meeting people and possibly even playing if that's what they want to do? And I think maybe the biggest tip that I would offer new people if they're going to a club and they don't have someone who's going to uh, introduce them around. Yeah. It's just not a spectator sport. You cannot be shy. And and like we were just talking about, you cannot be sitting in the corner and expect to have a successful evening out at the club. I don't advocate excessive drinking, but I do think that a little social lubricant helps a lot, especially if you're new, maybe a shot or two just to help you loosen up, get your tongue loosened up a little bit. Got to get your drink on. At least it does for me. And you've really got to get off the wall. You've got to go talk to people, introduce yourself and, and, and understand that you have to manage your expectations your first time at the club. If you do not play with someone, if you don't end up fucking someone that night, that does not mean that your trip was a failure. You know, that probably won't happen uh, for most people. I would venture to say you're not going to hook up with someone the first time you ever go out to a swinging event. And that's okay. You don't need to feel bad about that. And you just need to... I guess if you look at it from my perspective, and this is just my own opinion, but Mm -hmm. we are social swingers and uh, 
the sex is most of the time a secondary thing for us. We go and we enjoy ourselves at a party. We enjoy the atmosphere. We enjoy the people. We laugh. We dance. That's right. And if we have sex, that's amazing. If we don't, yeah. that's fine too. I kind of would advise them to take that perspective if they can to have fun, enjoy themselves, dance, meet people. And if they have sex, great. If they don't, that's okay. Yeah. That's an amazing that's perspective. Beautiful. We often tell people to treat any outing to a swingers resort or a swingers function, treat it as a meet and greet and yeah. just go out and have a good time. I like the way you said it. You're social swingers. Yeah. You love the environment. You love what it brings. You love the happiness that it brings, not just to you, but to others. And you're in that environment. It's a, a beautiful and sensual environment and really has the potential to uplift your confidence, to mm-hmm. level oh, sure. up your own relationship. Yeah. Strengthen uh, your relationship. Just being oh, out yeah. there. Even if a couple doesn't play and all they do is play with each other as husband and wife or as boyfriend and girlfriend, right. or whatever they are, uh, whatever partner dynamic they're in. And they just happen to have steamy sex surrounded by other couples. And maybe that will fuel their fantasies for weeks to come until they're ready to do other stuff. And I think that's a a really good outlook to have. Don't don't get discouraged. Everything is work in progress. You know, you may walk up to a group of people who have all toes pointed inwards where you can tell they don't have their circle open to welcome people. And you walk up to them and they kind of look at you like, you know, who the hell are you? Yeah. Don't get discouraged and think that everybody is like that. There are cliques in the lifestyle. There's groups and stuff. You just got to don't try to approach the group. Go to somebody else that's standing along the wall or somebody else that's sitting in the dark and go, hey, are you guys new too? Because we sure are. Mm-hmm. Something jumping yeah. in with both feet and trying to just join the biggest group out there isn't necessarily going to favor in your, in your yeah. best probably. I think, you know, maybe one other just real quick tip that I could offer is don't be afraid to talk to sexy people. We find so Mm -hmm. often that people limit themselves and go, oh, those two are super sexy. They're out of my league. I mean, look at them. They're really fit. And they're, you know, we could never, why would I waste my time even bothering? Try to not to let yourself fall into that mindset because you'd be amazed how many times the really sexy people are not getting many people talking to them because people are intimidated (laughs) by them or don't think that they would ever have a chance So put yourself on a level playing field with everyone and don't undercut yourself and think that you could never get this person or that person. Just leave all your doors open. Talk to everybody. Those are definitely great tips. How about advice for the single males and their etiquette when they attend a club? What would be the best outlook for them to have in a party environment so that they can either get invited into play or that they can make themselves available at the right time without being a creeper? What would be the best advice? I normally tell any of the guys that come here for the first time, just get it out of your head that you weren't playing tonight. Your job is to look, to talk to people, to see how the flow goes and how people are interacting with one another. Here, we don't have any problems with people walking up and introducing themselves, but in bigger, massive clubs or meet and greets, you have to like put yourself out there. Don't drink too much. Don't sell yourself. Don't talk about how much money you got, your sports car, you know, how big your cock is and how great you can please any woman. And don't Mm -hmm. do all that. Hi, I'm Randy. This is my first party. I'm a little nervous. I've never done this before. Just, just yeah. be, be you. Humble. Don't, don't yeah. try to in, right. you know, make sure your breath smells good. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you're, you get close to people. <laughs> yeah. And definitely sure. don't be, uh, don't be pushy. You want to be charming and funny, self-deprecating. Yeah. Let people know if you're interested, you can let them know, Hey, 
if you guys are interested, I'd love to have some playtime with you if you're into single men. You can put that on the table, but don't be pushy and let the couples and let the single females, if they decide to, let them come back to you with an answer. And don't try to force them to give you a yes. You know, you can put it on the table and say, hey, catch up with me in a little bit. If you'd like to play, that would be great. I'd love to uh, spend some more time with you guys. Something like that that's non-threatening. Um, and doesn't feel like you're being pushy and overbearing to people. And don't forget, the, I guess probably the number one rule when it comes to a couple, I guess it would be, is to make sure you acknowledge the male half. Definitely. Because if yeah. you don't acknowledge him, you have no prayer in hell. Right. I think because that is I like that. They're, they're there as a couple. You're there as a toy, so to speak. So sure. if you just ignore him and focus all your attentions on her... That's not good etiquette. That's not going to really probably get you anywhere. That can make or break a deal. So yeah, huge tip for the single males and not just single guys, man. Every dude in the lifestyle needs to do that. And when they start doing that, you're going to set yourself apart. When you have that classy demeanor, people take notice and you become the choice couple of the night. They may have five different sexy couples, some that maybe are sexier than you. Maybe they work out more often. Maybe they eat better. Maybe they're sexier than you, but they will remember you because you oh, had sure. that level of respect that a lot of people don't do because we have our faces in smartphones yeah. and the basics have gone out the window many times. Right. Or so. you just have one thing on your mind right? or the guy does and, right. or the woman yeah. and you don't take time to acknowledge the other half of the couple, which is most of the time, the more important half, because they're making the decision to share their spouse with you. So you always have to be respectful. But de- single guys definitely know your role. We've talked about that on a previous episode, that single males definitely have to understand their role. In the You're lifestyle. an accessory. Yeah. You're exactly. not the main event. Yeah. Right. For sure. Absolutely. All excellent points. The act of looking at the guy first goes back to consent. And it's almost like a form of consent. You're getting consent from him with that look to go ahead and approach his wife and talk to her and shake her hand or give her a hug or whatever mm-hmm. and, and making sure, hey, is this okay that I'm talking to your wife first? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. On the same note, I will always acknowledge the female because I don't want her to think that I'm trying to step in and jump on her man. Not only that, but some guys go straight to you. Yes. And you deflect it. Right. <laughs> you do the, you do what I do yeah. to the guy. Right. Right. And I'm yeah. sure you guys have seen in the club environment, the guy will go to my lady almost immediately and like try to touch her somehow. Yeah. And she'll angle her entire body and give the lady a hug. Right. The swap spouse or my future fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it, you know? <laughs> I need to get a Ziploc of ice because this girl's going to need it. Dang. When, I'm, when I get done with her. Ooh. She's going to need to ice her pussy down. Damn. That's so cool. Don't break the cookie. Yes. <laughs> Don't knock it out the frame. All right. right? Go ahead. Sue. Oh, I right. was, was going to ask you guys, with all your years in the lifestyle, is there a fantasy that you're still looking to fulfill? Uh, you know what? I don't have that porn star imagination. Like you see something to I like. I can give the answer for you. For me? Yep. Oh, what would it be? You want to see two men together. I do want to see two men together. Oh, shit. Okay. But you don't want one of them to be me. 
No, I don't. I need to see two men together before I can make the judgment of saying, hey, I'd like to see you with another guy because I don't know how I'm going to react to that. That's true. Well, we're crossing a whole nother bridge here because I'm not into other men. So that's probably not going to (laughs) happen. Right. But that's one thing that she's been saying for a long time is that she wants to see like two bi guys. If there were two bi guys as part of couples that she'd like to see them together. And, you know, whatever floats your boat. I, you know, that's fine. Dude, how many beers Uh, do you need, man, to to get all There are no number of beers, I don't think, for me that are going to. To do, do the dick doc. Right? It's not that I'm, I'm not homophobic in any way, shape, or form. I certainly am accepted of, of everyone, but I just, guys just don't do it for me. I, <laughs> there's just nothing there. And know? I mean, you've done DVP before, have you? No. No, DP. I know you've done DP before. Yeah. And I mean, you're, oh, wow. your junk is touching. So your dicks so, can yeah, really I mean, come to another me. penis. That that like I said, I'm not. Right, because that condom, that's just enough barrier, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff doesn't bother me, but. Boy, we fulfilled most of the fantasies that, yeah. that I think I have in the lifestyle. I just want to do them over and over again now. Oh, absolutely. How about this? A female, 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 male played session. How's that? Ooh. You say that that's a fantasy Ooh. for me? You want a girl to be riding you and you want one to be sitting on you. Or, or how do you want that, man? You just want to be fingering two chicks? Well, actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and add another F into there. So I could, yeah, one yeah. can be sitting on my face. One can be riding me and yes. then one for each hand. Nice. There's a name for that. I have to remember the name for. There's a name for that. We need to do that. Uh, It's called a race sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I will think of the name. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. All right, we are going to begin the wrap up, but let me ask you this: Do you guys play separately? Are you open to separate room? Is that something you do? Something you don't really like to do? Do you do hall passes? What's that dynamic for you guys? We generally only play together, same room, almost all the time. There's been maybe one instance fairly recently where we were in the same, there's like a hotel room that had two different rooms in it, uh, like a bedroom, a kitchen, a living room in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we separated in one instance where she went into the bedroom of the hotel room and I was in the like living room and sure. the pull-out couch. And yeah. So technically, I suppose two different rooms, but the door was open and we could still hear each other. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and that was sexy and that was okay with us. I think neither one of us yeah. had a problem with that. No, uh, but generally speaking, we stay together in the same room in the same bed, hopefully, and that's just because we enjoy hearing and seeing and feeling all of the the different things that are going on. You know, uh, yeah. I don't want to miss it. FOMO. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it has been awesome having you guys on the show with us. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, D and Ray from Ohio, and their club is Club Euphoria. What's your website, guys? That's the euphoriachronicles.com. We do have another website, which is ToledoAdultParties.com, and one will take you to the other. So if you visit us at the Euphoria Chronicles, you can listen to our podcasts and catch all of our links, and you can see our upcoming events and everything else. And there's a link to take you to the club website there as well. Thank you guys for being on with us. We had a lot of fun hearing your story and hearing about all the crazy stuff that you've experienced in the lifestyle. And thank you for offering the advice and the tips for all the people that are exploring the lifestyle and barely getting their feet wet and getting started. And even for seasoned lifestylers, I think you offered some really nice advice for everyone at different levels. When you meet somebody in the lifestyle, you want to affect them and have them be a better person as a result of meeting you. As a result of knowing you as a good lifestyler, knowing you as a person that offers and asks for consent, a person who is a class act, who is not rude, who's not pushy, who's not the quote unquote creeper in the trench coat in the corner, right? right? It's the campsite rule for swinging that we can slowly start changing and altering the perception of the lifestyle so that people won't look at it as, oh, the swingers, oh, those are swingers. They like to fuck in the bushes. 
Exactly. Which which only happens every so often. I love you know. <laughs> Once hey, in a while. I just, <laughs> Listen, I've been to a lot of swinger parties, and there's not much bush. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's correct. Yeah, even my lady has a yeah. laser treatment. Oh yeah, bush. that's one of the other things that we try to. We're trying to. We'll never. It'll never be mainstream. But like you said, that you know, swingers are they're dirty and they're fucking in the bushes and they'll sleep with anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what? We've done a lot of charity events over the past six months just to try and make the vanilla world understand that swingers we're very giving on just about any level that you could possibly imagine. So by just even doing, you know, the, our smaller charity events, they're realizing these are some good people. Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay, tell us, we're you, not good people. We're great people. That's right. That's <laughs> sure. right. What causes are you supporting right now? What are the, uh, these events that you've done recently? We've done the Battered Women's Shelter was our most recent one. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a drop-in center for the LBGTQI center. We're going to be doing one for probably Toys for Tots. Oh, um, cool. So cool. We did Gay Pride. If it's anything that'll help the community, I mean, it's hard to pick one charity. I mean, there's no swinger charities out there. Right, right, right. Well, and, and I mean, just to give you an idea of what we're kind of facing, just trying to break out of this mold that we've been cast in, we have a hard time actually finding some charities that will take our donation, knowing that mm-hmm. it's coming from a swing club or from a group of swingers. We've been turned down by people wow. that just say, you know what, we don't, we're not, we can't take money from you. I'm like, are you, are you serious? Like, and I'm just going to use this as a, for instance, but I mean, all the charities that are out there, obviously they need money. They need our charitable contributions and they're doing good works. So we approach a battered women's shelter, just for example's sake, and say, we'd love to give you some money. We'd love to hold a charity event and help these people who are fleeing violence and to have them say, you know what, that's not the kind of group that we want to associate with. We can't take your money. That's the kind of thing that we're trying to break out of in this lifestyle and get people to open their mind a little bit and accept us for who we are so we can stop hiding and we can stop being afraid to express ourselves openly and and honestly and and get people to realize, like Dee said, that these are great people. They're really they're the most wonderful people you'll probably ever meet in your life. They're, they're so much more open and honest than a lot of people that you'll meet in your vanilla life that you just, you can't, it's, it's hard to even express it until you're part of it and you, you won't understand until you actually experience it. Yeah. So we've reached out to the gay community because they have had a fight for years and they're finally being recognized. So we have turned to the gay community to help the swingers. Yeah, How crazy right. is that? And you right. know what? That door flew open and they yanked us in and they were happy to have us. That's awesome. And now they won't let us go. I think we're being held hostage (laughs) by our gay community. But (laughs) you know what? They're helping us. Sure. Well, you're helping them and they're helping you. And also, I think you have a dual purpose because you have your charitable contributions. You have that mindset that you want to help others. But I think secretly you're trying to do a lot of these gay events because you're trying to get Ray to do that dick doc. You know, that, that boy on boy fantasy that you're, um, you know, I do. And if not, I mean, I'm, I'm down for oh. some pegging. You down for some pegging? I, uh, I always say I'll try anything three times. Dang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long it takes you to convince yourself. No, it's been a pleasure. Having right. Yeah. You. The first time you don't know the second time you got to make sure. And after the third time, you still not like it. That's it. I'm done. Right. <laughs> Wow. It has been a pleasure having you guys on with us. And it's, again, been a pleasure having 
our listeners listen in and hanging out with you, our friends and listeners out there. Becoming more enlightened every time. Yeah, it's been great. Oh my God. We look forward to bringing you guys some more interesting topics. We'll be talking about the sacred cube of success. Yeah, how to become a better person. Absolutely. And we just, we have a ton of cool stuff coming up for you guys. And a bunch of interviews. We have some other sexy couple interviews where we Mm -hmm. give you the confessions from the swinger next door. Yes. (laughs) You know, is your next door neighbor a swinger? Probably yes, because we believe that pretty much everyone has a swinger DNA. Exactly. Only because everyone has the potential to feel pleasure and everyone loves to have sex and loves to feel that. So if they had permission from their primary partner and they knew they wouldn't get in trouble and they knew that it could benefit their relationship. And if they had the correct foundation, then they could go out there and have a really great time. But again, people do need information. And Dean Ray, thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for being on the Priority Society podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. It's been our pleasure, guys. Thanks for having us. See you soon. All right. Bye. Discover your pleasure.